Welcome back into the Huskers Radio Network podcast. I'm Jessica Cootie, and we continue our celebrating Title IX series. I'm excited to be joined back in studio, Maddie Burkhart, the assistant AD for annual giving here at Nebraska Athletics, also a Husker softball alum. Good to get you back in the studio. Yeah. It's been a while. It has, in softball season. I'm only here to ever talk softball, Jess. Hey. <laughs> You know, we, we love to have your perspective on that. You'll be back on the call again this year, so it, it's about time we'll start seeing and hearing a lot more of you. Can't wait. That's right. Yep, I'll be doing home games with Nate Rohr. He'll have coverage all season for road games as well, but I, I, love, I love doing it with Nate. He's so passionate about softball, and it was super fun last year, so I'm glad, I'm glad to do it again. It was a fun year. Well, we um, have a lot of things I want to tackle with here with you today. But again, Title IX series, we've talked about it since June, the 50-year anniversary of Title IX. And you've been a big part in a lot of the celebrations that are taking place here at Nebraska. So I guess just from the beginning, when, when conversations first started happening about, hey, we got to do something special here this year, mm -hmm. how did that evolve and, and why it was important for Nebraska to do something big like what we've, we've done this year? It's, it's been really fun, and there's been so many different elements to us celebrating 50 years of Title IX. Um, we've, we've had multiple committees, many people serving, um, and, you know, including yourself, on coming up with different ways to, to recognize um, just how far women's sports mm -hmm. have come and really lift that up. We've had many... Um, Title IX games that kind of center around that. So we did a we had a volleyball game this fall. We had a fall softball game where we had the Morris Possible Rally that was super fun, where every single sport was represented and um, families could come out and kind of interact with with different student athletes and get a cool T-shirt. And um, we've had your podcast series, which has been really enlightening, with just really cool people that you've sat down with. And um, we've got a, a women's basketball Title IX game. Um, coming up in January, where we're bringing back the 1974 and 75 team, first teams to play um, women's basketball. So just a lot of different elements, bringing people back to campus. We had um, somebody at every home game who was recognized, a different trailblazer who was at every home football game to really tell their story, and just just incredible people who laid the groundwork um, so that people like myself could benefit and be a student athlete, earn a scholarship, and, and play the sport you love, which I will never take for granted. That was really cool. I, I ran into the volleyball team when they had the volleyball mm -hmm. game, and they were on the sideline and, and like a reunion, and they were having so much fun and enjoying themselves. So I guess let's talk, start with the volleyball game, and you had the first ever team to play, right? And, and what did you learn and, and see and uh, take away from that? Uh, we had incredible turnout. I think it was like of the original 12, eight of them were back. I mean, wow. it was just incredible turnout from them. Um, they were, they got such a big ovation at the volleyball game when they got introduced. And you could just, when they were telling their stories, how proud they were mm -hmm. um, of, of what they did, how far they've come. I mean, just telling stories of how you were taking vans to games and what it took. And um, one of the former players even had the scholarship letter that she received. She still had it. Wow. And she shared it with us. And it was hilarious because it came from, you know, campus. And it was like, you know, we were for the first time, you know, awarding scholarship checks to women athletes. We're not really sure how this process will go, but <laughs> we'll follow up when we have more details. And it was just, I mean, she was, she it's had that. It's amazing she kept it. Uh -huh. she, I mean, it was just how proud she was and um, how far we've come in that regard. But it was so cool that they all 
came together. Their coach, uh, Coach Pat Sullivan, was with them, and she came back, and um, she's done some pretty cool interviews as well that people can go look up to kind of hear her story. And um, I mean, she's they set the groundwork for yeah. what our Husker volleyball program is today that we all love and cherish with sellouts and um, their their success and all their national championships. So it's it's just really cool to meet those people who did it first before there were people in the stands. I wonder if they had any clue what they were starting, you know, when they stepped out on the court. And, and I think a lot of women, too, in talking to your coaches, uh, Rhonda and, and Coach Sibyl, about, um, you know, the they didn't even know at the time that it was not right, you know. It's just like they were just so happy to get to play at that time. But for that volleyball team in particular to, to see where the trajectory oh, yeah. was going to go, I wonder if they had like any clue there's, what they were there's starting. There's no way you can imagine the growth that you'd have 8,000 people one day who are, you know, and how many people we have on our wait list who are trying to get tickets and um, just the ripple effect it's had in our state with um, not just Nebraska and, you know, all of the colleges in Nebraska compete at such a high level yeah. in volleyball. It's by far, I think, the most played sport among female, you know, youth athletes here. And um, I mean, it's just got to be so cool to look back and say you know that you were the first I mean what a, what a feeling that must be and how much pride that they much ha must have so back in the I guess earlier in the fall there was the softball banquet and tell us about that and what you guys did for that it was super fun. We do um, we do different reunions um, every 10 years for different teams that met certain milestones for their sport. So for softball, it's if you made a World Series. So we had the 1982 team back, and that was the first ever World Series. NCAA sanctioned um, World Series was in 82, and Nebraska, of course, was in the yes. first because we're always in the first, right? And it was that took place in Omaha. Um, that World Series did before it moved over to Oklahoma City. But we had that team back, and we had the 2002. World Series team, um, which was a different era, and then we also invited the last year's Big Ten tournament championship team, and it was it was really special because a lot of stories were shared. And then at the end, Coach Ravel had a member of the '82 or '02 team present each girl of the 2022 team with their tournament championship ring and oh, to see awesome. it come full circle like that and of course coach Ravel tried to match up somebody who was similar playing style or was you know a small a hometown kid with another hometown kid um, but they their stories were hilarious I mean they um, so coach Ravel was actually on that inaugural World Series team in 82 and um, they were just so funny talking about, you know, we'd be on the road and we'd be driving two vans and, you know, if the coaches got tired, then we were driving and we didn't have, we didn't have phones. So if you lost one of the vans, you were just pulling over on the side of the road and trying to wave them down, you know, so that we didn't get separated as we were going places. And Coach Ravel would always tell us, you know, we had to pick rocks out of the dirt every single day before practice and glass and, you know, different other things that were on their field. Paint their own dugouts, Paint right? their dugouts. I, just all the stories where you're always like, Coach, really? But really, it was that way. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, I, it was fascinating. They were one of the first two that I, I sat down and talked with. And just, again, hearing those stories. And sometimes, in, in, you and I are even older than, you know, the players that are playing now. And we take it for granted probably too, even just what the opportunities that we had. And, and you, you sit down and you hear all the things that women had to fight for mm -hmm. to provide what, what the athletes have today. It just, it's, it's so inspiring. Yeah, they were, they were talking about the coach of the 1982 team. Um, they were kind of reminiscing. They were like, what was, what was coach's background? And I think they figured out she was a field hockey coach. Oh, wow. Who then crossed over because they needed a softball coach when they started the program. Wow. So, um, 
pretty cool that Coach Ravel was on that inaugural team, and obviously she's been the head coach here now for over 31 years. So to see someone who was at the forefront of the program still be here giving back, it's 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 just really cool when you have that strong of ties and you know that much passion for Nebraska to keep it going. You're always someone I go to about, hey, who should I talk to for this? And, and you have done a lot of research for the Title IX series. So I'd be curious to hear maybe two or three really fascinating, inspiring women that you've learned about that, that were athletes here at Nebraska that maybe people aren't super aware of. Yeah, the, the number one that comes to mind for me is, is Louise Pound, um, who was, there's a, I have a portrait of her that I, it hangs in my office, so I just want to, <laughs> I look at it every day to remember, this is why I do what I do, but um, competed in the 1890s, so obviously nobody, you know, in this realm had ever met her, but was just somebody who was such a pioneer for women's sports mm -hmm. at Nebraska. I mean, we could sit here and read through her list of accomplishments, and we'd, we'd run out of time on this podcast because yeah. she was our first letter winner. She actually lettered in men's tennis at yeah. Nebraska and um, ran the table, you know, in, in, in golf, in tennis, started the first women's basketball team here. and Cheer like, team, right? Cheer team. Yeah. I mean, just has her, has her fingerprints all over this athletic department. So we actually inducted her um, into our Hall of Fame this year, um, just kind of to thank her memory. So I just, I found her portrait in our back storage room and I was like, if, if this is just here, this is mine now. <laughs> so, had That's it hung awesome. up in my office, which has been, it's just, it's so cool to, to think about that. And um, just somebody who you could tell was probably just a competitor. Yeah. I mean, she just didn't take no for an answer. And she was like, I want to play. And if there's not opportunities, I'll create the opportunities myself. Any other cool stories that um, stand out to you? Oh, that's a tough question. What, you about, know, what about softball? I mean, I, I love hearing from, um, you know, from some of the first letter winners and people to get scholarships. Um, you know, Denise Day is one who was our first academic All-American for Nebraska softball, and she spoke on behalf of the 82 team at the banquet, and she's still, um, you know, an, an incredible pioneer and trailblazer. She's the CEO of the YWCA out in Pennsylvania, so she's still somebody who's kind of has lived that path her entire life, um, never kind of you know, was just, just a competitor. She was somebody, she, she was telling us that she, um, and her stats are just insane when you go look at them and how good of a shortstop she was, but she was somebody who played slow pitch softball in wow. high school because fast pitch wasn't an option, got mm. recruited based off her slow pitch prowess and then wow. came and adjusted to fast pitch and That's was amazing. an All-American. So Denise is one that, um, when we kind of look at our softball program, is one of the, kind of one of the first ones that you look at who, who really kind of put, helped put Nebraska on the map. So for softball in particular, you talk about a, a sport that's really exploded, but even Jay, since you were in the World Series to what mm -hmm. it is now, I mean, what kind of growth have you seen just since then? And it was pretty big and growing then. Absolutely. I, the, the numbers that the College World Series and regionals and just the whole NCAA tournament does on ESPN has just grown so fast. And I was, I was at a panel one time and a, the then president of ESPN at the time when asked about, you know, what's growing? What are the things you guys are tracking? One of the number one things he said was, was softball. Mm -hmm. He said the, the, the viewership that they get when softball is on TV is just amazing. And it's, um, 
that's been really cool to see. And that's expanded over the last couple of years. They got a game on ABC primetime last year. And um, a lot of games earlier in the season are now being broadcast live on, on ESPN or uh, major networks instead of just waiting until, until regionals start. And it's, that's, I love that. I mean, it's, my whole office will tell you how much I annoy all of them during postseason because <laughs> I'm like, tonight, game starts, 6 p.m. You better be watching ESPN2, ESPNU. Turn it on. But. Well, and then they even had to expand to the stadium. They did. Yeah, I they mean, added a whole nother upper deck to the Hall of Fame Stadium in Oklahoma City, and every ticket was sold out this year. I mean, just incredible. Why do you think, I mean, so ESPN, you think that's the big kind of nod to why it's really taken off? I mean, you just have to nod to the fans, mm -hmm. I think. I mean, um, there's just a very loyal viewership and follows, you know, viewership of it and just so many people who follow the sport and um, I think are bringing other people with them to say, hey, you got to watch this. This is pretty fun to watch. It's a quick game, you know, that usually finishes in under two hours. It's, people love the pace of the game. Yes. Um, and, and I always say this to people too, is there's not, um, you're getting the best of the best in college. Mm -hmm. I mean, you... We have the Olympics, but it's not every four years, so we're missing the next Olympics for and softball. They just added, right? Yep, yeah. and so it, it's, it'll be in L.A., but it's not in Paris. So you are getting the top, top talent. It's, it's, like, it's like the baseball MLB World Series is the softball World Series. You are seeing the top talent. Um, everyone is so talented, and it's, it's just so much fun to watch. So I think all it takes is one game, and you're, you're kind of hooked. You know, Coach Sibble and, and Rhonda asked me, they, they turned the tables on me and asked me why I like softball. Because yeah. I, I didn't really, I played a little bit growing up, but why I enjoy it. And what I said is I like how, in, and it's not like this really in any sport, how much fun and enjoyment you can see on display. Like you don't get, you don't always see that with sports. And so I, I think that's a cool part of softball too is like, you see them in the dugout doing chants, and, and they're, it's just like a, a joyful, mm -hmm. there's a lot of joyful expressions that you see out of players that you yeah. don't get from other sports. Totally. We just need to let them celebrate at home on, on home runs again, because that was, <laughs> that was silly for a couple of years there. You couldn't celebrate at home. <laughs> Wait, you couldn't celebrate? It was a, a COVID era rule that you couldn't oh, meet yeah, people you at home. It, yeah. So I'm like, let us have the fun back. This is what we're about. <laughs> you know, I mean, how important is that? Because I know Coach Cook has stressed that, and, and for the first time ever, ESPN put volleyball mm -hmm. on, on platforms. But just the exposure that it does. I mean, it, I think softball right there is the first and foremost. The proof is in the pudding with, mm -hmm. with how much that sport's grown. Yeah, it's, you can't wait to see if there is going to be viewership. You have to first test it and just promote it. And then the people will and come. And stick with it. And stick with it. I mean, if you do something once, yeah, it might not have the success at once, but you've got to stick with it. And um, yeah, I would, I would love to see more volleyball. And Coach Cook is a huge proponent of that and, um, you know, giving them what they deserve. We know here in Nebraska that it's viewed at such a high level. Anytime it's on NET or, or Big Ten Network, those are some of their best programs when, you know, volleyball is on. But um, I don't think it's like that across the country. So I think there's a lot of growth, and I would love volleyball to be on the same page as softball when it comes to that investment. Talk to Karina LeBlanc and, uh, you know, just, just several former Husker women student-athletes that um, have seen the growth here. So so I want to get your perspective on this, too, because I came from Oklahoma, and, mm -hmm. and the fan support here for all women's sports, I just, it's, you don't find that yeah. everywhere. So what does that mean to you? you came from Arizona that um, 
Fans will show up to support softball, women's basketball, volleyball. So I mean, soccer, Hibner was, was packed during the Big Ten tournament. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you personally? I mean, that's, that's why I came here. I mean, that was a big selling point for me. I, was, I grew up, yeah, in Arizona. It was um, Pac-10 country at the time, and that was, that was all I knew was kind of that landscape. And then I was getting recruited by Nebraska, so I was like, I loved the coaches. That's what got me out here first. That's always your first impression, so they've really got to you got to connect with them to come on a visit. But once I came on a visit and I went to a football game first, which blew my mind because I wasn't expecting that. But the, the one that really blew my mind was going to the Coliseum to a volleyball game. And we were in standing room only seats, <laughs> like behind a pillar. I mean, it was like, this was the best we could get you guys on your recruiting visit. And you don't even care because you're looking around and the whole like, Coliseum would vibrate because mm -hmm. it was so loud in there. And I was like, what? is this and but you felt that passion and that mm -hmm. energy anywhere you got and it's it's something in Karina LeBlanc you mentioned who is a soccer player here and um, is now the GM of the Portland Thorns I mean she said this when she came and spoke to us on campus she said do you ever just walk in a place and you feel alive and she said, that's what I felt when I was on my recruiting visit. And I, I can echo that entirely. You, you stepped in on campus, you stepped into this community, and you felt alive. And it's, it's why I still work here, because I'm not ready to give that up. I mean, you just can't replace that energy anywhere else. Woman that or female athlete that inspired you when you were a young girl? It's, it's kind of obvious, but it was Jenny Finch. Um, so growing up in Tucson, she was, you know, the player, yeah. the athlete. I was she was number 27. That was my number growing up. My whole life was number 27 because, you know, I wanted to be Jenny Finch. But she, she, whenever you ask people today, like, name a softball player, she's probably still somebody that's always going to be one of the first names that pops in her, yeah. in your head. I mean, she was one of the first people to get, you know, some sponsorship deals after she was done um, playing in college. And she was Olympian for so many years and was, was a two-way player. She was a great hitter, you know, and obviously an incredible pitcher. So Jenny was just, I mean, she was, she was the LeBron of <laughs> softball. And, I mean, I went to all the Arizona softball camps growing up, and they did such a good job of always bringing the athletes out, and they would run the entire camp. We'd go to week-long camps. So, um, you know, Jenny was, was the one who was always the role model growing up. And I thought this was fascinating, too, and I was talking to Coach Ravel. You know, when she first took over as a young head coach, she didn't know what to ask for, what to fight for, mm -hmm. and that's evolved since her entire time that she's been a head coach and even you know a lot of people even from Oklahoma Patty Gasso and and Ronda Ravel have been trailblazers for this sport so what's been your perspective on the way she's continued to fight and try to but she, she's so kind about it and mm -hmm. and a lot of people women that have a strong voice a lot of times people don't aren't open to that especially when she first started so why do you think she's been able to stay so relevant and and continue to push the needle yeah. for the sport she's she's so persistent but that's how she lives her life and everything <laughs> i mean once she's when there's there's something that she's after i mean she's gonna go get it and she's gonna find solutions um to any of the issues or roadblocks that pop up in her way um i i think she will tell you you had to back when she first started there was she had to pick her battles, mm -hmm. um, but she would always say to herself, you know, maybe this isn't the battle I'm going to win today over um, playing space. You know, we wanted to use the indoor and got, they got booted. I've heard this story, you know, because, 
you know, a men's team was going to use and practice it, and that had, you know, precedents use it, you know, over them. But she'd always say, I'm, I'm going to win the war. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was always bigger picture. What are we, where are we trying to get with our sport, um, with the investment? And, um, I mean, Nebraska has been incredible in that regard of always of funding scholarships at such a high level for women's sports, investing in facilities, um, and, and really treating them equally, you know, before even, I think, um, you know, the law required you to do so. Yeah, why do you think there's um, such an emphasis and, and has been for women's sports here at Nebraska? I don't know the answer to that. You know, I, it, it always comes back to it's going to start with leadership and um, them buying in. I think, I think Bob Devaney, it probably started with him. Yeah. Um, I've heard stories of, of, you know, Devaney was the one who let all student athletes eat in the training table and not just the football team. And that has been something that has lasted since he was here and that it is not like that everywhere you go a and lot not of schools here i mean not today even you know it wasn't then and even today like yep even today there are a lot of places where it's just the football team mm -hmm. who's eating in the training table so i mean that started with devaney and i wow. think um you know his his type of leadership what i've heard other people um talk about him was was he listened to people around him um barb hibner was a long time um you know sport administrator um and was a was just dogged in her approach of fighting for women's sports. She helped start the soccer program. That's why it's Hibner Field over mm -hmm. at the soccer stadium. Um, and I know that's Coach Ravel's biggest um, mentor and role model in her life was the late Barb Hibner. And so her fingerprints are still all over this athletic department. But she had to be, you know, persistent. She had to listen to her coaches. And then you needed a leader um, like Bob Devaney. And Tom Osborne, who are going to listen and who are going to push those things through ultimately. When you were playing, did you know the career path that you wanted to take? Absolutely like, not. When did you think that yeah. I might want to get into administration? Yeah. Um, not at all. I mean, I was, I liked math. So I was a finance major and I, I thought <laughs> I was going to go into banking. I had a job offer and thought that was going to be my you know, approach, but I'd always admired um, Pat Logston, and I, I always thought her job looked super fun. Um, I'd always see her at games and um, in meetings and just being one of the senior women um, in our athletic department. So I'd had several conversations with Pat when I was a student athlete um, because she was our sport administrator for softball, but still didn't think that was, you know, a viable career path for me until um, I kind of got called and um, they were starting, there was a new position in the development office and I was always a speaker as a student athlete that would get called on to come speak to this group or, or represent the athletic department. So they thought of me because I was kind of known in that aspect. And I was like, all right, I'll come hear you out. I don't really know. What, what do you mean fundraising? What does that look like? We, you guys do that for us? I mean, you don't even know as student athletes, all everything that goes on um, behind the scenes. But that was almost six years ago. So it'll be six years I've worked here and um, in February and I mean it's over a decade when you go back to uh, my, my playing days that I've been a Husker so Lincoln's home for me I don't I don't see that changing anytime soon and I'm really grateful that you know they thought of me and kind of pulled me into this profession because I, I really do love it I, I I love what it what sports does for women for leadership I love seeing um, our student athletes and just being around them because they're just incredible I mean you get to interview them all the time and their stories and um, they're just how far 
they're willing to go to train to be the best, not just on the field, but um, what they're doing in the classroom and, and, and in the communities. So it's just really, really fun place to be right now. And you, you got a title, Assistant AD, and in athletics, that's a, a really big thing. And you know, I've had this conversation before, but um, just just having women represented in those leadership roles, and I think that's something that's really important to Trev Alberts to have that diversity. And so, how important is that to have a leader that believes in that and and you know, putting women and and people of color in in certain situations to help lead this department? Absolutely. I mean, it's you always want. Um, you know your leadership to also represent your student athletes and we have an incredibly diverse student athlete body and um, you know you want different perspectives um, different ideas and um, you know but also the best people at the table and that's what we have is we have both we have the best people at the table and we also have um, you know really really strong women and uh, we have we have incredible people who have been here for a very long time too so I think there's a good balance in our athletic department of people who have been loyal to this university for a long time and then also a lot of new talent um, who are bringing in new ideas as well. How important is it to continue to to put women in leadership roles in athletics? I mean we've talked to Marquita about mm -hmm. it and uh, the statistics are still pretty off in terms of uh, administration mm -hmm. at the administration level for sports. So, I mean, how do you continue to grow that? How important is that? Yeah, I think you got to invest in people when they're young. Um, so just like they pulled me in when I was um, 22 years old and gave me a chance to, to work in this business. Um, I don't, I think, you know, that's where it starts. You're not going to have people um, who are ready to take on senior administration roles unless, you know, they've started when they were young and they've been invested in. And, um, you know, I, I haven't just had, you know, women mentors along the way. I've had a lot of, right. you know, males who have, who have mentored me as well and it kind of helped pull me in um, and pull me along in this business. So that's really important too because it takes everyone um, in the room to, to, to keep you going and to give you opportunities and then it's up to you to then to use the opportunities and to act on them but sometimes somebody's got to give you that first opportunity too yes yeah, i didn't know any women that were doing sports broadcasting yeah. when i got started so i mean I, absolutely i mean i'm not pushing so let me let me turn it on you okay, then so yeah. who, who pulled you in how did you get involved with with what you're doing now well i i mean i was a basketball player my dad was a coach i did not want to teach so but i wanted to stay around basketball and you know i actually had seen a sideline reporter on a football game and thought oh that that'd be fun that'd keep me around sports right and so then um yeah i started in college and i had an internship at channel 5 in oklahoma city's abc affiliate mike rigg and mark rogers still to this day i talked to them they've helped me out in so many ways like i i text with both of them and they have fought for me literally my entire career and have been uh references and so yeah i mean it is it's important for men to help mm -hmm lead and, and put women in positions too. So yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that one. Super cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's upcoming? We got, we had volleyball, we had softball, we've got women's basketball coming up. Women's basketball coming up in January. Um, like I said, we're bringing back all alumni. It's a, it's a big alumni. Um, event but it's also then shining a light on that that first team that played for women's basketball so pretty cool that you've got for softball and for women's basketball former alumni who are your head coaches which yeah, for brings sure. a whole new element to that um, but we're really excited to welcome them back to campus and um and then the biggest one too is we're having a big brunch on February 1st. So for all of our um, female student athletes and our female staffers, head coaches, and then some some women in the community that we've invited as well to really just cel celebrate, be kind of the culmination of our our 50 years of Title IX 
um, celebrations and kind of help wrap that up um, this, this spring. Well, our listeners would be mad at me if I didn't ask you. Uh, Big Ten title season, they had a lot of returning talent and yeah. got a couple additions what i know it's early and we haven't even started practicing yet and we will get your perspective on that when we get closer but initial impressions of the softball team yeah. they're gonna be a huge offensive threat again so we've got almost the entire lineup back um and so i, I expect them to to see a lot of fireworks again put up a lot of runs um they broke the single season home run record so i wouldn't be surprised if they were challenging that record again this year um so excited to see you know the the junior class is so impressive and to see what they can do um and then yep got some newcomers who are definitely going to contribute as well and um and then was was pumped to get courtney wallace back for her fifth season she's really going to lead the team in the circle second base second base yeah Looking like this fall, um, freshman Caitlin Canedo was was starting, and um, she was she looked good. She was feisty, you know, as a freshman, and um, so I that's kind of what I expect. But we'll see, we'll see. Should be fun. Hey, I, I did also want to ask you about this. Your new mom and Beck is now in the world. What's that been like balancing being a woman working in sports and now having a little guy? Well, he just he just comes to sporting events is what it is what it looks like. So uh, Beck is seven months old and he's already been to uh, a volleyball game, a softball game, a soccer game, a men's basketball game, a women's basketball game, and so you know it's um, my husband also works you know for the athletic department. So what it looks like for us is Beck goes where we go. Um, <laughs> lean on my in-laws and my mom a lot as well, but. Um, uh, my my team loves him as well, so it's super fun because I bring him to games, and half the time I'm not even holding him; he's just getting passed around the room. <laughs> hey, he's he is a good baby in that regard. He, he doesn't is. cry. He, he'll sleep through the noise. I think he almost likes the crowd noise because he's used to sleeping in daycare. So I mean, <laughs> a crowd noise isn't that much different. So it's been it's been super fun. The kid's got no choice; he's gonna be a Husker. Um, so he's wearing a lot of red already, and he's gonna get used to that. But um, he's gonna he's gonna be a ballpark kid. There's there's no other escape that he came into the world and the Huskers won a Big Ten title that's right and the coaching staff was as concerned about yep. when Beck was coming as to <laughs> game planning in the Big Ten tournament yep. and I, I told this story to a few people that we we got discharged she was born in May and we got discharged from the hospital and around like 10 30 a.m. they were like you guys are good you can leave whenever and it was in like the fifth inning <laughs> of the softball championship game in the Big Ten tournament and I'm like well we've got a stall like we're, we're not gonna miss this there's two <laughs> innings left so I'm like you know I'm actually feeling a little faint I need to I think sit here a little while I mean we're like trying to come up with reasons to stay in our hospital room so we could finish watching um, the team play but we had every nurse every doctor on that floor invested in the softball tournament because our TV didn't turn off for five straight days that we were there. We had every game going. It kept me sane because um, I was literally watching every game when you're trying to keep your mind on anything else <laughs> but labor. <laughs> so it was, it was the perfect timing. So he came in the world as a, as a softball baby and like I said, he's going to be a ballpark kid. <laughs> and a Big Ten champ, right? <laughs> That's right. How excited are you for his first Christmas? Really excited. I think my family's even more excited for me. So head headed back to Arizona for Christmas and um, so it'll be warm so I think he'll be excited about that too but um, grateful to spend time with family and um, having having a little one brings a little more excitement to it too well I think we covered it all did we miss anything I don't think so appreciate your time always love chatting with you and we'll be hearing much more of you coming up really soon awesome thanks Jess Maddie Burkhart I'm Jessica Cootie make sure you subscribe and like wherever you listen right here on the Huskers Radio Network podcast